All right, good evening. Oh my goodness, take two. All right, good evening. That's a little better. I don't want you falling asleep on me before we begin, amen? Welcome to Scripture Memory Ministry. For those that are wondering who this bald-headed preacher man is, my name is Brother David Barker, otherwise known as the Preacher Man, and we have a very unusual ministry. It's called Scripture Memory Ministry. Yes, we do teach how to memorize, how to review, where to find verses to memorize, how to remember the reference. That's a big, I get that all the time. I can't remember the reference. Yes, you can. But we do lots more than that. The object of our ministry is to get people into their Bibles and depend upon the answers, to learn how to use the Word of God and apply it to their lives. This last year, we've done about 35,000 miles worth of traveling. We've been in many, many churches. Uh, let's see, we preached at two Bible colleges. We taught a couple of Bible college classes. We did several vacation Bible schools. Uh, we've been, uh, we did several revival meetings. Uh, one of the ones was just about a month and a half ago down in the Indianapolis area. God really blessed, and uh, they're still going at it. And the big blessing was, uh, you've heard of being tax-exempt, haven't you? Well, the pastor's mom thought she was verse-exempt. She had all these excuses about why she couldn't memorize verses. But before it was all through, she was not only memorizing, but stopped by the back table and even purchased a topical reference book. Praise the Lord. Isn't God good? So uh, we want to thank you for praying for us, especially my wife. She's doing a lot better. Thank you so much for praying for her. Uh, we will be leaving Saturday. Uh, hate to tell you this, but we're leaving for Florida and Alabama. Uh, no, we're not going to be down there lying on the beach somewhere. Some people, oh, you're going on vacation. No, we've got about nine churches down there we'll be preaching at, a lot of them in the Pensacola area. So please pray for us as we're gone, and uh, we appreciate that. And uh, if, if, if you also want to thank you for the support that you've been giving us, it helps a lot. All right, I'm going to do something on the usual tonight. I want you to take your King James Bibles and leave them right where they're at. May I have the lights, please? See, now you're living in my world. My decision about what I'm about to do was made 44 years ago. Just before I came here to Bible College, I was up at Maranatha Baptist Bible College, and I came home, and my dad was a pastor there in Watsika, Illinois. He was very sick. I wound up staying home a whole year taking care of him, learned how to run a church, amen? But during that time, God worked in my heart about starting to preach all my verses completely from memory. At that time, I'd memorized over about 200, about uh, 2,000 verses or so, and God led me to do this. So my dad got better, and him and my mom decided to go on a nice trip, and I'm glad they did. And so while he was gone, I thought for the evening service, I'd do this so I wouldn't be so nervous with him sitting there. So I'll, I'll never forget this. Uh, they had a wonderful service, and I got up to preach, and the storm came in, and the lights went out. I couldn't have seen any notes if I wanted to. They gave me a candle, but that didn't help much. I preached my message from memory, and then as soon as I gave the invitation, guess what happened? The lights went back on. I think God was testing me to see if I would do that. But ever since then, I've done this completely from memory. Little did I know how valuable it would be, because later on, after doing Bible college here... Uh, I would work at a prison for 18 and a half years as a correctional officer where I was not allowed to carry a Bible. Every day I walked in as not only an officer but preacher man. There wasn't a day that went by I didn't get to talk to somebody about the Lord. But the question was, is was I prepared? 
Everything had to be done completely from memory. We're dealing with Muslims, agnostics, devil worshippers, Jehovah Witnesses, you name it. Sometimes all at once in one day, sometimes one at a time. But God used it in a mighty way. We saw many, many souls saved during that time. I call it 18 years extra Bible college. So tonight we're going to do something unusual. I call it the underground church. You're not going to be able to use your Bibles. Hopefully you won't be able to take notes. You say, why? Because this is what an underground church is all about. Someday, we might have to do this for real. Just a couple of years ago, if you remember right, COVID-19 hit America. And it was surprising to me how quickly the government had the power to shut everything down, including churches. Oh, you could still go to Walmart, ironically, but you couldn't go to church. And a lot of people use this even now as an excuse to stay home from church. As I travel around this country, it's amazing to me as I talk to pastors and they're saying, you know, I say, how's it going? I say, well, a lot of people have come back, but there's still people that stay home because of COVID. You never thought it would happen here in America, but it has. You say, well, what does the Bible have to say about these things? Well, the Bible says in Proverbs 29, verse 2, it says, When the righteous and authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked bear rule, the people mourn. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, 11, If the ruler hearkens to lies, all of his servants are wicked. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 12, verse 8, The wicked walk on every side when the vilest man is exalted. 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 6, I think describes it very well. This know also in the last days, perilous times shall come. For men should be lovers of their own selves, covetous, bolsters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontent, fierce, despisers, those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having the form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Tonight, I'm going to have several questions for you. We'll have a word of prayer and we'll begin But I hope this will make you thoughtful, for one. Also, I hope you'll appreciate the Word of God just a little bit more that you're not allowed to use tonight. Because there's many people all over the world that are in the same shape that you're in tonight. Only they wish they had a copy of the Word of God. And here we in America have several copies in our homes. Even old Bibles that are sitting around. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll begin. Oh, Heavenly Father, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. You put this upon my heart, and I'm asking, Lord, that they don't hear me tonight. They hear you and your word. I pray, Lord, that your word does a convicting like it's supposed to, and the Holy Spirit takes over. And I pray, Lord, that these people will understand a little bit more about what Scripture Memory Ministry is all about. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And unto the angel of the church of Smyrna, write, These things saith the first and the last, that which was dead and is alive. I know thy works, tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them that say that are Jews that are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Fear not of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, Satan shall cast them into prison that ye may be tried. And ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be faithful unto the death, and I will give thee the crown of life. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh will not be hurt of the second death. That's Revelation chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. The church of Smyrna, 
Out of all the seven churches of Revelation that received a copy of from the Isle of Patmos, from John, the apostle, got some very interesting news. That they would suffer, suffer persecution, tribulation, and some even die for the faith. And I wonder in this day and age, if we could get a letter from God... And Pastor Mitchell or one of these great men of God that come up here and preach. And they started reading this. says, hey, we got this from God. Fear not all those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, Satan shall cast some of you into prison that you may be tried. And have tribulation ten days and be faithful unto the death. And I will give thee a crown of life. I wonder, how would we survive this? Tonight I've got several questions I'd like to ask you. Because I hope this will wake you up a little bit about being prepared. This is so, so important. Here's the first question. If it was illegal in the United States to come to church as it was during COVID, I wonder how many of you would still come? If we had to go underground like we're doing tonight, we had to meet secretly. We probably wouldn't meet in the auditorium. We'd probably meet somewhere else and everybody would know about the place But I wonder, how many people would actually come, or would they stay home? A decision you must make now, isn't it? Oh, I know the Bible, what it says in Psalms 122, verse 1. It says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. The Bible says in Psalms 27, verse 4, one thing have I desired all my life, that will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord. And the beauty of his, and the beauty of his, in his, in his, in his, in his temple. You think about that. Hebrews 10.25. Not forsaken the assembly of yourselves together as a man of some is, but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the days approaching. This is what the Bible says about going to church. So the question is, would you obey the word of God? Or would you stay home? A lot of people during COVID decided that they would stay home even though there was a church service. Some met in homes, some met secretly, even against the law, yet they still had services. Here they had online, praise the Lord. I was glad to see that. But a lot of people used the excuse to stay home. What about you? If it was illegal here in America, would you stay home? Here's the second question. How much are you listening to the preachers of this pulpit? You say, well, we listen all the time. Some of you take notes, and I'm glad to see that. But wait a minute, there's a lot more than that. I think we're spoiled here at Fairhaven. We have so many, many wonderful teachers. I mean, there's Dr. Vogelin, there's Dr. Mitchell, there's brothers, uh, Dr. Schreiber, you know, and Brother Ramison. I don't know, I could go, you know, bro, you know, there's Brother Armacost and Brother Olson, all these great men that get up here and preach. Question, how much are you getting out of it? The Bible says in Jeremiah 3.15, I will give you pastors according to my heart, which will fill you with knowledge and understanding. You see, they're preparing you for the real world. They're preparing you to go out so that you can go to your secular jobs or whatever your ministries and begin to preach, preach the gospel. An interesting verse in Proverbs 1 verse 5, it says, A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain it a wise counsels. I love that verse because we're not just hearing, but we're learning. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. There's a lot of difference between hearing and learning. And I think that's the problem today is that all we're doing is hearing. 
And say, oh, that was a wonderful message. Thank you so much. And we walk out and say, okay, what are we having for supper? Are we having pizza tonight? Are we going to Burger King? Or we got something special? Or let's go down to the Red Fox Cafe. And we completely forget about the message. Hey, wait a minute. I think God's trying to tell us something. I really do. Not once, but seven times. In Revelation chapter 2 and 3, we see this phrase. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. For instance, Revelation 3.22 tells us that. And there's several, of course, along the way. But think about it. God made sure at the end of each letter to those churches that he said, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 8, starting with verse 6 all the way through 9, Hear, for I will speak unto thee excellent things. In the opening of my lips shall they write things. For my mouth shall speak truth. And foreignness is abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. There are nothing forward perverse in them. They're all plain to him that understandeth and right to them that find knowledge. I think it's about time we started just listening and started hearing and applying it to our lives. You young people here don't realize how good you've got it. These good teachers and the things you're learning in school here, you better take them right now while you have the opportunity. It won't be long till you're all grown up and I pray for this next generation. They've got their hands full. But you think about this, because it's a serious thing. Oh, but there's more. If our Bibles were taken away, moms and dads, Sunday school teachers, bus workers, junior church workers, how are we going to teach these children? You say, preacher man, I never thought about that. Well, yeah. How are we going to preach to them? If the Bible was illegal, we don't have a Bible, how are we going to do it? You say, oh, well, I have my tablet, I have my cell phone, I have my computer. Well, what happens if the government took all those programs away also? I think a lot of us would be handicapped. Now, I'm not saying it's a sin to have those things. I think they're very good to get prepared. And I, I have on my tablet the, uh, the uh, Terica Bible, and I use it to get prepared and review and find verses to memorize. But that's as far as it goes. I depend upon the word of God. And my Bible says in Proverbs 22, verse 6, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I believe that verse applies whether we have a Bible with us or not. Amen? Yes. And the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, And fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and aberration of the Lord. I think we better obey the Bible, and I think, ladies and gentlemen, we better start getting prepared because the day might come real soon when you'll be surprised. It might be illegal to have a Bible and all the Bibles are taken away, yet we're still having children and we still want to raise them up for God because they're the next generation. They're the ones that are going to take over positions someday. I'm praying right now for someone to take over my place someday. Oh, I still plan on pre preaching for the next hundred years. Just kidding. But you know what? I'm not as young as I used to be. I'm hoping that somebody will take my place one of these days. Some of you young people might consider that. See, this is an unusual ministry. You just don't walk into it. You've got to learn your Bible. You better be prepared for that. But here's the next question, and this one's a hard one. If your Bibles were taken away, how would you have devotions? You say, that's interesting. Yes. How would you have devotions? 
couple of years ago, as we were heading our southern tours, we're going to be doing this Saturday morning, uh, I left my wife behind for a couple of weeks because we were having an issue with our house that had to be fixed. And they couldn't come till after I was leaving and had to preach in a couple of churches down south. So I told her, I'm leaving early. I left about 4 o'clock in the morning because I wanted to get down where I was going, the Pensacola area, before uh, the nightfall. But I told her I'm going to do something unusual I haven't done since I worked at the prison. She said, what's that? I'm going to have devotions from memory. And it was a blessing to do this again because it just brought back a lot of memories of having devotions from memory. And I ask you, could you do that if your Bible was taken away? How much Bible do you have that you could pull out and meditate upon God's Word? Something to think about now, isn't it? Could you quote passages like this? If you're a reformer, you better know this one. Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth the way of sinners, nor sitteth the seat of scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and the law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in the season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth, it shall prosper. The ungodly are not sober like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous. But the way of the ungodly shall perish. A lot of people don't know this, but there's a sister passage in Jeremiah chapter 17, chapter verse 6 all the way through 9. You know verse 9, but it starts out by saying, Blessed the man that trusts the Lord, whose hope the Lord is, whose hope God is, excuse me. And he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, that spreadeth its roots by the river. He shall not see when the heat cometh, but his leaf shall be green. He shall not be careful in the year of the drought, neither cease from yielding fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And then I think of a passage that's one of my favorites. is Psalms 119, verses 1 through 11. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimony and seek it with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid where? In mine heart that I might not sin against thee. And then there's Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall I add unto thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct Thy paths. And then Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, sit thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart unto understanding. Yea, if thou Christ after knowledge, if thou lifteth thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest for a silver, if thou search for a hidden treasure, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. 
You see, my Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 97, Oh, how love I thy law, it is my meditation all the day. There were many times at the prison, they were shorthanded. We had to work 16-hour shifts. And I remember after talking to inmate after inmate and officer after officer about the Bible, after a while you get a little tired. And you wish you could home and you wish you could get your Bible open and study a little bit more and get some refreshing from God's Word. But you can't. You have to meditate upon God's Word. And sometimes it were announced to me the second shift, they put you in a tower. And I would sit there and I would have my devotions from memory. And how refreshing it was. But I'll tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. When I got home and I was able to open up my Bible and have real devotions, I appreciated it a lot more. And I'm hoping tonight by the time I'm through and you go home when you open up your Bible tomorrow morning for your morning devotions, you'll appreciate it a lot more. You say, oh, preacher man, I'm getting a little convicted. Well, I sure hope so. The Bible's supposed to be convicting. Jeremiah 23, 29 says, It's not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, like a hammer that breaketh a rock into pieces. Psalms 19, 7, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testament of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The Bible goes on to say in Luke 24, 32, And they said one to another, Did our not hearts burn within us when he talked to us by the way and when he opened unto us the scriptures? Acts 18.38, for they might have convinced the Jews of publicly showing them by the scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. Acts chapter 4 verse 12, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Pierce the divide of the sun and soul and joints and marrow and is discerned the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Bible says in Isaiah 55 verse 11, show the words be that go forth out of my mouth. It shall thy return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. It shall prosper the thing. Whereunto I sent it. Yes, the word of God's supposed to be convicting. I hope you think about that. You see, the Bible was designed to be taken with us and meditated upon. One of my favorite passages that I love to think about, I thought a lot about at the prison, is in the book of Proverbs, chapter 6, verses 20 through 23. My son, keep thy father's commandment, and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart and tie them about thy neck. Now listen to this. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. When thou wakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp and the law is light. And the reproofs of instruction are a way of life. You see, when thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. When thou wakest, it shall talk with thee. This is one of the reasons why we need to have God's word not just in our head, not just on a tablet, not just on a cell phone, but in our hearts. Because my friend, this is what the Bible tells us to do. And when you start doing that, it's a wonderful thing. Because you'll learn how to depend upon God's word. Instead of everything else, for wisdom, strength, and power. You start learning to depend upon God's word for answers. When you start talking to people, instead of giving illustrations, you start quoting Bible verses because you realize how powerful God's word really is. Something for you to think about tonight. You know, the Apostle Paul is one of the most interesting characters in the Bible. This man was greatly used of God. But he he knew both worlds. He knew what it was like to be persecuted, but he also knew what it was like to be the persecutor. 
The Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians 15, verse 9, For I am the least of the apostles, and meet that I am not called to be an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. Yes, for many years Paul persecuted, but then, of course, was struck down on the road to Damascus, and God saved him, praise the Lord. And this man that was a Pharisee that most likely had most, if not all, the Old Testament memorized, was mightily used of God to start who knows how many hundreds and hundreds of churches and how many thousands of souls were saved. And was also used of God to write 14 books of the New Testament under the inspiration of the Scriptures. At the end of his life, here he's sitting in a prison cell, looking at being beheaded for the faith. Looking back at his life, but then also a burden on his heart, because there's a young preacher boy. His name is Timothy. His son of the faith. And he's thinking, you know, before they behead me, I want to write one last litter One last epistle, and I'm going to write it to my beloved son of the faith, Timothy. And there he is sitting there in this prison cell. It wasn't like the ones at Westville where they're running around a dormitory with ice-cold drinking fountains and a a, a microwave and a hot coffee pot and color TV sets with cable coming in and popcorn once a week for movie night. No, he didn't have all that. He sat in a cold, damp cell. Probably got bread and water for food and saw rats running around. But that didn't bother Paul. You see, his heart and mind was on the gospel. His heart and mind was on the burden of having Timothy go on and carry on for the faith. Starts out in chapter 1, verse 7 of 2 Timothy. He says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And then in chapter 2, verse 15, I love this verse. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that is not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And we already quoted 2 Timothy 3 verses 1 through 6. But he goes on later on in the chapter and really gets serious. And I could picture him sitting there in his prison cell writing like this. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, matter of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience. Persecutions and afflictions which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconia, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, in all of God in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue down the thing which I was learned, and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures were it to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is proper for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction of righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who should judge the quick and the dead in the day of his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure a sound doctrine, but after their own lust of the heap than themselves, teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away the ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, to the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For now, I'm ready to be offered. At the time of my departure is at hand, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge had given to me that day, and not unto me only, but unto all them also that love is appearing. Question. If you came to the end of your life tonight, or this week, 
and you had to stand before God, could you honestly say, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I kept the faith. Seemed like just yesterday I was talking to Luke Armacost tonight, telling him that the older you get, the more time flies. Seemed like just yesterday I was that boy walking to my dad's office, pastor's office, and he had this plaque on the wall, and I can still picture it there. Only when life will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't know how much time we have left in this world. I hope Jesus comes tonight, praise the Lord. But in the meantime, we've got work to do. The question is, are we really doing what God asks us to do? And if we were to give an account of our life like the Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment of Christ. Romans 14, 12 says that every man should give an account of himself to God. The Bible says in Revelation 22, verse 12, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give to every man according as his work shall be. I wonder how prepared you really would be to be able to say, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I kept the faith. I hope the next thing I give you will challenge you to work a little harder. Also in the seven churches of Revelation, the church of Thyatira got some interesting information at the end of its letter. Starting with verse 26 all the way through 28, it says this, To him that overcometh, and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. Even as the vessel of the potter shall they break into shivers, as I have received of my Father, and I will give him the morning star. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Do you realize what that's saying? What that's saying is that you and I, I know someday will reign with Christ for a thousand years. But we're not just going to sit. We're going to be serving. And according to this passage... And according to Revelation 22, verse 12, we're going to get positions according as our work will be. How faithful we've been down here. How faithful we've been serving the Lord is the position we're going to get. And some will even rule nations with a rod of iron. We're going to be governors and princes and kings or whatever. God's going to appoint his positions according to what we've done here on earth right now. You say, preacher, I never thought of that before. Well, maybe you ought to. Because time is short. Or as you don't know what should be on the morrow. For what is your life? Is it even a vapor that appeared for a little time that vanished away? James 4, 14. Seemed like just yesterday I was that 11-year-old boy and my dad was sitting down with me teaching me how to memorize scripture. Seemed like just yesterday it was 1979. And I was coming here to Bible College for two reasons. One, I liked Fairhaven. But number two, I, I liked a girl named Mary Hendrickson. Amen. Wound up marrying her in 1980. But you know, that was 42 years ago. It doesn't seem that long. What am I trying to tell you? What I'm trying to tell you, young people, is this. Preacher man has a motto, and you better listen to it carefully. It's called this. Get prepared, and God will use you. Let me say that again. Get prepared, and God will use you. Proverbs 16, 1 says, The preparation of the heart in man, but the answer to the tongue is from the Lord. I learned a long time ago to get prepared. And I started memorizing when I was 11 years old, and I haven't stopped. I make it look easy. I've been doing this now about 57 years. But you know what? The Word of God is powerful. And when you learn how to depend upon it, 
It'll change your life as it has mine. And now maybe you understand a little bit more of what Scripture Memory Ministry is all about. It's more than just a memory program, ladies and gentlemen. This is the real thing. And I thank the Lord for 18 and a half years, every single day when I walked into that prison, I was reminded over and over again the importance of having a chapter and verse on the tip of your tongue, an answer like the Bible says in 1 Peter 3.15, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you the reason hope that is in you with meekness and fear. And some of you young people are taking your schoolwork for granted. You're taking these wonderful speakers that come here through for granted. Some of you moms and dads are making excuses. Maybe you think you're verse exempt tonight. Well, maybe this will wake you up, America. Because this country is not the way it used to be. I'm praying for revival just like you are. But our time is short. And that's why I travel the way I do. Because I don't know how many more years I can travel. The Lord's given me good health so far. But you know what? It's possible that the country could be shut down again. And maybe this time for good. The day might come, ladies and gentlemen, we might have to do this for real. I hope this has woke you up tonight. I end with my life verse. Out of all the thousands of verses I've memorized, I want to quote this one. 1 Samuel 12, 24. Only fear the Lord. And serve the truth with all your heart. For consider how great things it done for you. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. When we have the lights, please. Tonight you got a little taste of what it'll be like to sit in an underground church. But also a little taste of my world of what it's like to be able to do things completely from memory. A little taste of not being able to use your Bible. I know a lot of you say, man, I wish I could grab my Bible. I wish I could grab my Bible. Well, I hope you're convicted tonight and God speaks to your heart. Oh, Heavenly Father, I've done what you've asked me to do and I thank you for this opportunity. And I pray, Lord, that you might bless this invitation as only you can. In Jesus' name we pray.